Hello and welcome to Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood. I want to warmly welcome you back to the podcast. The purpose of this podcast is simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout late-night meals. Firstly, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Chalk, Primate Apparel, and our newest sponsor, Croqueta Strength, for their consistent support and encouragement. For the best hard-hitting ammonia in the game, there's none better than Steve at Skull Smash. If you're looking to hit a brutal pull and you need that added grip, Raw Grips Liquid Chalk is the highest quality in the market right now. If you're looking for no BS training and a team that will stand by you through all the ups and downs, shoot a DM over to Croqueta Strength on IG for 10% off all of your programming when you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and show them a screenshot. You can take 10% off that template programming. And I'll swear by this, we are humble, but we are savage. Primate Apparel's mentality of sticking to your guns and standing up to those who would do you ill has been a vital part of my training. And you can head over to any of those Instagram pages to get some products. Speaking of sponsors, today I am sitting down <clears throat> with Jordan, the CEO and president of Primate Apparel. A little bit of background, Primate Apparel. Uh, the brand itself was something that spoke to me a lot back in middle school uh, and high school before I started strength training, uh, going through some different social issues, uh, bullying, uh, experiencing life in a different culture. And so finding a company and a brand that I could support and be a part of that was looking to empower those um, that were in a weaker position, that were looking to humble the arrogant and cocky, uh, those that were looking uh, to empower the dark horse, stand up uh, to the bullies uh, in life, especially for those who are younger uh, and for those who turn to strength sports and fighting sports uh, kind of as a coping mechanism. So I found the brand, got involved with them, and Jordan reached out uh, himself to sponsor myself in the podcast. And I knew his story was one I wanted to share uh, with you guys as listeners. And I think it's an important story to hear. And I'm hoping this is something that uh, will resonate with a lot of the people who listen. Uh, so I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you. I won't take up too much more of your time before we jump right in. Uh, but in case you're wondering, just a little bit of what we cover. Uh, we talk about some practical steps towards avo- avoiding bullying uh, when you are younger. We talk about our own stories, our own ways of coping with that and moving on and growing from it. Uh, we also chat about uh, getting involved in, in strength sports and fighting sports in general and what it takes to manage a business in the midst of crisis. So with that, enjoy the interview, sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Jordan, what is going on, brother? I am good, bro. How about you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Obviously, he's one of the sponsors of the show. I felt it was uh, it was appropriate to, to finally get you on here in the fourth season. Uh, as I just said off air, I've got my primate shirt on. So <laughs> folks will go ahead and, and open and say, if you want to go get some sick apparel, we'll pitch this like six or seven times through the course of the next hour. Uh, but head over to Primate Apparel uh, on Instagram and you can shoot them a DM, get onto the website and pick up some gear using Faith Fitness Podcast to get 10% off, of course. So, Jordan, for those who don't know uh, a ton about you, I wonder if you can just give a little bit of an intro. Uh, obviously, I know you as the as the head of Primate, um, but I wonder for those listening if you could just give us a bit of a bit of an overview as to who you are, what the Primate brand is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, for those who think this is an American brand, it's not because <laughs> I get that question <laughs> a lot. They're like, "Oh, are you from uh, for you from the United States?" I'm like, "Nope, I'm actually from uh, Ottawa, Canada, born and raised. Uh, 24 years old." Started this brand when I was about, I want to say 19. So a couple of years ago now. Uh, started this out of university, actually. So the whole, really? yeah. So the whole thing basically happened just because I hated school that much. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Such a classic story. <laughs> <laughs> just literally just sat in class, man, one day and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I want to. I'm like, I want to do something here with, because I knew at, at some point I knew I was going to start a business. I had no idea what at that point. And at 19 years old, you're still so young. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, where, where am I going to go with, with this? I could talk, you know, I could talk to anybody. I could, I worked in retail growing up, like from like the ages of 14 to freaking 17. So like 
I learned to deal with different types of personality and understood the business side of things. But I was like, I'm 19 years old. I'm like, who the hell is going to buy shit from a 19 year old? Right. And I ended up one day like, like for the first bit, I knew what the mentality was just because of my experiences, which we can get into down the line here. But like, I knew what the mentality was, but I'm like, what the hell kind of design am I going to do with a shirt? I'm like, I had no clue. I, at first I was like a lion. I'm like, no, a lion's stupid. Too many people do lions. I'm Too like, generic. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do a lion. But then I got a, a gorilla. Okay. Gorilla. I'm like, they're, you got it's ape- also generic. Yeah, I'm like, you got ape man. They're pretty big, little hard to compete with that at a, <laughs> right. as a 19 year old. Uh, and then one day I was sitting literally in a, in one of my lectures actually. And our, one of my professors was talking about human evolution, how we evolved from primates. And that word I remember just stuck with me. And I was like, Oh shit. I'm like, okay primate and that just like literally i remember the whole day and i i was busing home from school and i'm like primate primate it's just running through my head i I went home instantly started sketching some some logos came up with like three one was all right the other was like i was like okay i think i can roll with this and then the third was the one that is the official logo which you you see on the original t on the front so I was like, okay, we can we can do this. So what I ended up doing was I had enough money in my account, as broke as I was as a 19-year-old um, right. student. I had enough of money in my account. I went and ordered 80 hoodies, about 40 white, 40 black, and basically went to people around university campus, had some friends uh, in the MMA world, friends in just sports world in general just sport sports guys in general um and i pitched pitched them the uh the shirt i didn't even have to really pitch them it was just they just thought the logo on the front and the back was badass with the with the gorilla screaming on the back right and i ended up selling pretty much all those hoodies within a month wow wow so your your immediate pitch you that's impressive that yeah yeah it was i was honestly i was shocked i was like oh fuck. you know people kept telling me they're like this is a risk man they're like they're like, because I think at the time when I, it wasn't the best quality. The first hoodies I got was pretty like standard quality. It was like Gildan, just like right. 50, 50. It wasn't anything special, but it ended up still costing me like something like a thousand bucks at the time. I didn't have a, a wholesale supplier. I literally just went, took my designs, went to the first uh, printing shop around here, which we have a few, but none, none that have great deals. Sure. <laughs> That's why I had to outsource to the United States. Uh, But yeah, I went there and I'm like, okay, how much? And she's like a thousand bucks. I'm like, okay, let's do it. I did the math in my head and I'm like, well, I mean, this is a good way to find out if this works. You know, my dad's like, my dad's like, yeah, it's a cool design. My mom being the immigrant she is, she's like, are you fucking crazy? A thousand bucks for (laughs) for 80, (laughs) for 80 hoodies. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm like, it's, it's worth a try. You know, I, I wasn't scared to take a shot at it and it ended up working. And once I sold those 80, I was like, okay, we got something here. And then I spent about six months putting together a business plan. Um, I had zero money in the, the bank other than what I made off of the profits of those hoodies. So I was starting out from like scratch. Like I had nothing. I was working a shitty labor job throughout the summer uh, and into school, basically literally shoveling shit. Mm-hmm. That was part of my part of my <laughs> fuck you experience. <laughs> right, right. Just tired of working for people, tired of doing these crappy labor jobs I did since I was like 14 years old all the way to up till I think 20 at uh, 20 years old that was probably the last of the labor jobs. Uh cuz primate even primate for the first year it was like it was a slow start. Like it's it's like sure. any brand. But uh yeah, I made it I made it work, man. I just hustled my ass off um even though a lot of people told me you know they're like it's kind of a stupid idea to create an apparel brand it's just and when you think about it yes it is a stupid idea it's for sure there's so many apparel apparel brands out there and it just makes it so difficult to compete it's just such a diluted market and you got so many fitness brands so many mma brands so many powerlifting brands and i was like you know i just kind of had this idea in my mind, I'm like, well, people are going to grasp this mentality. And sure enough, 
the logo combined with the mentality and the designs, it just kind of just took off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so obviously at some point it, it did, it launched. So what was, what did you see was that pivotal moment? Obviously people resonated with the, you know, the take no shit mentality. They resonated with the, yeah. the kind of the angry fuck you mentality that it has. <laughs> Um, but like, at, at what point did you notice that it really clicked? Like, was there something specific that happened when you're like, oh man, holy shit, like people are really running with it? Yeah. So honestly, I think I, I want to say two years ago, I want to mm-hmm. say about two years ago. Okay. Maybe a year and a half ago, not two years ago. Um, but there was a point when like, I never really paid attention to the Instagram follower crap. Sure. Um, I wasn't, I'm not huge personally. I'm not huge on social media. Like I don't care about my own personal social media. I don't, I'll post it's private. People, people ask me all the time. I'm private. What's your personal social media. I don't even give out my last name. Cause I'm like, I don't need that. When I first started this, I literally had people finding me and DMing me for free shit or just Classic. anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we're going to have to shut that down quick. Cause yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, if this, if this grows, I can't deal with that every day. No. Um, no. So I think slowly what ended up happening is I started coming out with more designs. I think it was around more of the planet primate tea where it said, take no shit mm-hmm. on the back. Cause I mm-hmm. had to take a very like generic, take no shit shirt. Um, but it hadn't really like, I didn't really have like the design for it at the time yet. Um, so when I put out the planet primate one, I remember one day just, I released it and then I came back like maybe two hours later and there were already like, 50 orders for one shirt and I was like and I was like okay I'm like I think we have something here (laughs) (laughs) I think this is working like I never and the thing is I never I never had put take no shit on a shirt I had the mentality and I would write it on posts but so many people all the time were just telling me don't put take no shit on a shirt don't put take no shit on a shirt it's not gonna sell people it's too aggressive people aren't gonna like it and I was like you know, even my dad was like, ah, he's like, I don't know. He's like, that's not the most politically correct, correct way right. of selling apparel. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I just like thought to myself and I was like, fuck it, man. I'm like, who gives a fuck at this point? I'm like, let's just do it. I'm like, and I'm like, if we're going to resonate and keep things legit with this brand, I'm like, we're just, I got to do what I think is going to be right. And it was the right call. I ended up, once I released that shirt, I think a month later, I had a couple UFC fighters reach out to me. Um, one, I actually sent him some stuff, and another, he did like a, a his training camp took took a video in it. Um, one of them is uh, what's what's uh, well, one was in is in Bellator now. I don't even know if he's still fighting in Bellator. He had a bit of an injury. His name's Sam Sam Romero. Uh, he actually wasn't in the UFC, and the other was Randy is Randy Costa who is currently in the UFC's roster. And he actually just came off a victory the other night there on a knockout. So that was, that's when I kind of knew I'm like, okay, I'm getting interest from people that are like, I'm not really reaching out to. Yeah. Like people, people are liking stuff and they're, you know, they're, they're kind of like messaging me and dropping me like DM saying, Hey, I like your gear. And I'm, they'd be like, Hey, you know, if you send me a shirt, I'll, you know, I'll rep it or, or something while I'm working. I know, I know UFC guys are sponsored with Reebok, but um, and I never thought I'd actually be able to get any UFC guys at the time, even though I was in the industry to begin with. But it just so happened that they liked my stuff, and then more and more MMA fighters started reaching out, and I realized, okay, this is <laughs> this is, might be a full time thing. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> well, yeah, and, and it's that it's that pivotal moment of when you don't have to be the one initiating interactions anymore. Yeah. That you're realizing, oh man, maybe this thing's actually taking traction because it means for whatever, however it's ha- however the Instagram algorithm gods are handling it, it it's Instagram it's reaching algorithm, man. <laughs> it's the worst. It's so annoying. I'm I, so like <laughs> I remember I used to put out a post in 2016. I put out a post on Mentality Mondays where I have those quotes every Monday. I put out a post and it would like kill it, man. Like we're talking like 400 likes. Then like 2018. I'd put out a sick quote. I'd be like, oh, wow, this is great. 
nothing. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Yep. Oh, it's the worst, man. I literally it, like I think one of my top ten searches on Google is Instagram shadow ban. Like every single text. I'm like, Oh why? yeah. Why? Like For sure. why? <laughs> For sure. Hundred percent. And my account was actually blocked like twice. I had to go through the really? whole I had to go through the whole appeal process when I first like about a year in, I'm pretty sure someone reported the account. Um and then I had a bit of a beef with another brand. Because they put out something that I thought was completely just such fucking douchery. I was like, I can't fucking stand these guys. And I put I put out a post. I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to give them the credit where credit's due. <laughs> of course <laughs> but, not. Uh, they don't get it. Yeah. But uh, I ended up, basically, they put out a thing saying, okay, everyone go report Primate. And I was like, sick. So all their like little minions started freaking reporting Primate. And I came on, I went and... It was like a Monday morning. I went to go on and it was reported. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, it's blocked. So it's, I basically was locked out of my account for an entire week. I'm like, oh, my. And I thought I was never going to get the account back. I'm like, but I was like, fuck's sakes, two years into this and I'm already fucked it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's that double-edged sword of social media. Like, it lets you get that exposure. But at the same time, sometimes that exposure means interact with people that are pieces of shit and don't yeah. want you to get the exposure anymore. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's yeah. part of the part of the business. You just learn to to roll with it, right? So, absolutely. Well, so kind of jumping back into that original, you know, take no shit idea. Um, you know, I remember when I first, I don't even remember how I found you in the first place, but I remember when I first saw it. I was like, holy shit! Like this is this is intense. I was like, I'm with it. I was like, I don't know if I could wear this stuff in public because obviously I went to a Christian school. I was like, I don't think I could wear this in the gym, <laughs> but like this is dope. So. That's when I found the the choked out tea. I was like, okay, there's no profanity on this. Like they can get over it. <laughs> and yeah. so that was like my intro into it. But you know, that original take no shit mentality, I know you you've kind of referenced and we've kind of talked, you know, a couple of different times that a lot of this brand has been centered around stuff that's happened to you, um, you know, when you were younger. And so I wonder if you could just go into that a little bit about what inspired, you know, this aggressive, humble to uh, humble to cocky kind of mindset that you've created. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it was about Honestly, like I've been, I dealt with bullying since I was probably about, when I think about 10 years old, Mm -hmm. 10 or nine, I played like high, high level sports. My, my whole life I played high level sports, but I was outcasted a lot. I was not a big kid. I was very small. Um, I was quiet. Like funny enough, I was a quiet kid. When you look at the brand, you're like, how the hell is this guy quiet? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I was about 10 years old. I remember I started getting bullied and then into high school, like kind of like I went to a, a very big high school. I was kind of segregated from my friend group, didn't really knew nobody. And I ended up fucking having the worst year of my life. Grade seven. I remember just one day it started off very like quick. Uh, kids came up to me, socked me in the freaking shoulder and walked away. And I was like, hmm, I'm like, that's never fucking happened to me before. That was weird. And like, I was used to like getting in fights before with kids uh, and like regarding bullying, just like playing like road hockey or something like that or touch football in the, at the park. But like this was, I was like, okay, now this guy's just punching me. And then about a couple of days later, same shit. Just holding books in my hand, comes up, knocks the books out of my hand, slams me into the locker. Uh, punches me in the stomach, walks away. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the fuck did I do to this guy? Like, right. I'm so, I'm like 12 years old. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I did to this guy. And this guy's like 10 times my size. Like, I hadn't even hit puberty yet. This kid's, I think he was grade nine or eight at the time. I don't know. He was a big kid. Uh, and he had a group of buddies that he was with. So I'm like by myself. Um, and he kept doing it he, every every couple of days. He kept just fucking beating on me. And then soon enough, his buddies were beating on me. They were trying to shove me in the lockers. They were ripping my backpack open, throwing my shit around. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like fucking was like, I don't know what to do here. And it really left me fucked up. There were days where like I didn't want to go to school. I would just kind of pretend I was sick or like instead of going to the bus stop, uh, I would kind of hide, wait for the bus to go by, just stay home. Um, but yeah, eventually, you know, my parents were like, what the, f- you know, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I, 
I'm starting to get bullied. And my dad was honestly shocked because he's like, you're, I guess with the way you see things in society, usually the, the jocks mm-hmm. don't get picked on. But I was less, like as athletic as I was, I wasn't a jock per se. Like my mentality was not a jock. I hung out with kids that, you know, didn't really play sports. Their interests weren't in sports. I didn't want to talk sports all the time. I wanted to actually have like a social life outside of sports. Mm-hmm. So I had made, and I, I, you know, I didn't care to be the cool kid. I had made friends with a lot of guys that they were, they weren't cool, but they weren't uncool, but they definitely weren't part of the the popular group. <laughs> right. Sure. But I, in grade seven, I didn't, I didn't even have like friends yet. Like when this first started, didn't even have a friend group to belong to. Um, and yeah, I remember just being singled out every day just by these, these freaking assholes every day just beating on me for no reason. After school, one came up. I'm walking to the bus. Guy comes up to me, Charlie horses me in the leg, just runs away. And I'm going, what the fuck? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what do I do here? I'm like, I'm, but I'm thinking to myself at the same time, shitting my pants. What do I do here? Because I'm like, I don't know how to fight. I know how I know nothing about fighting. I had no clue. I was one of these guys I knew had gone to a fight with another kid in a grade above him. And apparently he had pulled a knife on him in a parking lot. So immediately fighting this kid was like one-on-one was out of the picture. I was like, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I just decided, honestly, I just told my dad. My dad's like, well, what do you want to do about it? And I basically was like, well, I like boxing. And he's like, okay, well, then I guess we're going to put you in boxing. So at 13, I started, uh, I joined a school academy, started to learn how to box. And literally, if I had a shit day at school before I even knew how to fight, come home, bought a, my dad had a heavy bag, hung up in the basement, come home, and I just beat the crap out of the heavy bag. Just pure anger. <laughs> Pure anger and frustration, but it was a good start. Um, soon enough, I started to learn a little more about boxing and a slip and roll, how to, you know, how to properly jab, how to, how to put an actual like punch into something with weight. And, you know, soon enough, I felt okay. I'm starting to to understand, you know, what I need to do. And one one day, I remember the kid kind of just came up to me. I think this was more I'm trying to think probably more May. And uh he grabbed me by the shirt, slammed me against the locker. I pushed him back. He went to come forward and I just kind of clocked him across the face. And uh I remember his face just being like what the fuck just happened. <laughs> I remember his eyes were just and soon enough his nose was like pouring blood, but I I remember his face so vividly just being like he's like what the fuck and I honestly, I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't even know what I just did. Yeah. I, I knew that I had to do it. I just didn't know it was going to happen so quick. So I hit him. I hit him hard. And then I kind of just looked at him. And then he walked away. And I walked my own way. And then that was it with with him picking on me for the most part. Like, it became very apparent. I had other fights, too with other guys i kind of had a list <laughs> not, yeah. not, a, not a physical list but i had a list i basically made it a point i think it was about maybe two weeks later i fucking i had known jujitsu just because i had a, a one of my best buddies who I, I actually have trained with now since i was about 16 um he taught me some jujitsu and we were playing i remember playing ball hockey with a bunch of kids and this one kid who was also one of the bullies, he just took a stick, whacked it across my shin. I ended up tackling him, got on his back, put him in a rear naked choke, um, and almost put him out unconscious because I don't think he knew, I don't even think he knew what tap meant at that time. But I'm like, in my mind, I'm going tap, tap, tap. And I'm thinking tap. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he's not tapping. And then I look at him and his eyes are like slowly rolling. <laughs> and I'm just like, kids, all the kids are looking at me like, what the fuck are, is wrong with you? And I'm this like, this dude's killing this guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And I remember I like just walked, walking away being like horrified. And, but at that point I kind of knew because we were going into summer, that was the end of grade seven. I'm like, okay, the, 
this fucking bullshit is going to stop for the most part now. And that was the first, like grade seven, first start to, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be fucked with anymore. Just so many days of just feeling like shit and feeling like weak and helpless. Like my parent, what my dad's like, well, I can't go to the school. What are you going to tell the principal? And then the kids are just going to beat the shit out of my son harder. Cause that's literally what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there was no other option to fight. And they know most people are like, Oh, you know, fighting is never the answer. Fuck that fighting. It, it's a definite, it, it's a good answer. It's a good response. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And, you know, I, I do. And obviously that's why I joined the brand is, I mean, I, I resonate with that a lot. And I know there's a lot of people who, whether they're in fighting sports, whether they're in, you know, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, CrossFit, a lot of people get involved in those because of just that exact reason. Um, I mean, kids in middle school and high school are vicious Oh yeah. because I mean, all, every single one. And I mean, I've been on both sides of the coin, but I mean, we're, we're all trying to figure out who the hell we are, why we're here, why it feels like life kind of sucks. You know, they're all figuring stuff out. And so since we're all jockeying for attention, somehow these dudes end up just like, yeah, shitting on people. And literally it's like they go into school and their their sole methodology is I'm going to go find that one kid <clears throat> and beat the living hell out of him. Oh, I yeah. don't have a reason for doing it. I'm just going to go do it because I guess that's just what I do. And it's like, damn, like if you're that kid, then you're like, well, I don't want to be there. And so obviously for me, I was overseas. So for those that are listening, um, I grew up in Ireland and I'm in a private school. Uh, I played rugby for a couple of years on the front end, but it just wasn't my thumb, the American. So I was like, this isn't really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave this to the Irish people to do. <laughs> and I mean, if you're not, if you're not playing a sport at the beginning of high school, I mean, you're nothing like you're, you're just the bottom of the pole. Like if you're not soccer, basketball, rugby, tennis, like if you're not doing something, you're always going to be on the bottom of the totem pole. And so it was the same deal that for a couple of years there, man, it was just brutal. You go in. I mean, it's it, even if it isn't physical, it's most certainly verbal. Oh, yeah. I know it's just, it's just, it's the there worst a now. a lot of verbal too. Don't get me wrong. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean because that's what's easy. They 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 say shit and then they run away. <laughs> like sure. that's like <laughs> you're like, hey, fuck you, man. And they yeah. run off into the corner. It's like, all right, but but you know, a couple of years of that, man. I mean, it'll harden you. It'll harden you up fast. And so that's why I even started uh, lifting back in high school is because I was like, man, like I'm gonna end up killing someone <laughs> if I don't like if I don't start doing this like 100%. productively. Yeah, I get sure. into you know fights and stuff. And I started, once I started getting bigger, I was like, yo, like I could actually really end up hurting. I'm like, I don't want to kill someone. I just want them to stop being annoying. Yeah. And so I started lifting. Cause I was like, man, if I don't do something about as fast, like <laughs> I'm gonna get a prison charge, get extradited <laughs> back to the U S <laughs> so like, oh, but I just say all that to say that I know there's a lot of people, probably more people than even we realize that resonate with that. So I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, those that listen to this get a little bit of solace in knowing that a whole lot more people went through shit. And probably then they realize actually went through it. No, a hundred percent. I remember when like, I kind of wasn't sure. And like, when I started the brand, I'm like, should I even mention that I was bullied? Like, I don't, I don't know that. Cause that at, at the start, I just wanted the brand to influence people, you know, to kind of just stop allowing other people to walk over you. Cause I saw it so much with mm-hmm. just through sports, through life, through workplaces. And I'm just like, you know, I just knew that I was the type of person I knew myself. Not everyone knows this, but I knew I, it's, I'm like, I can't be fucking told what to do. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're going to shit on me all the time, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself at some point. Like, it's just, it's just going to happen. It's, I can't constantly be stepped on. It's just not going to happen. And I wanted to make sure I'm like, you know, I'm telling people, okay, you, you know, you can be stepped on or whatever, you know, but don't allow it. But like people are going to be like, well, what does this fucking guy know? So I was like, okay. Because there's a lot of brands where they're like, they preach shit and they've never had to deal with any controversy. It's like mom and dad fucking helped you, gave you five grand to start a freaking brand. 
<laughs> yeah, right. A small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If I went to my mom for freaking 20 bucks, she told me to go fuck myself. So, <laughs> yeah, my parents would be like, no, Mesley, you can go make your own money. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Which, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, I think I'm grateful for, no, for sure. you know, later on because I'm like, okay, like, I've had to fight for everything I've ever yeah. had yeah. instead of now, I don't see it because now people are going to listen. They're going to be like, Oh, but Moses, you grew up in a middle class family. So, okay, so I'll 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 stutter a little bit and be like, okay, obviously I'm not living on the streets in no, a garage for sure. fighting for scraps with the dogs that are in Chicago. 100%. But like but definitely not the type of person where, you know, I go out, my parents buy me a car at 16 that's a $50,000 car. Like that's exactly. just that's not I'm, I'm an 04 Camry that has I'm pretty sure an exhaust that doesn't function properly <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> that was my nissan versa man all through university show up to to school go to lock the door and it would make this like buzzing noise that would just scare people away and people would be like what the frick is wrong with your car and be like ah oh, man you know what just gets me to where i need to go don't worry yes yeah, so yeah don't don't ask questions you don't want the answer to kind of shit that's funny oh man well okay so you start with this take no shit mentality and it kind of expanded. You kind of started coming up with with other ideas. Um, obviously, I've said I really resonated with the with the choked out one of saying, "Hey, look, I'm all for being a nice dude, but if I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, I'll knock you the fuck out immediately. Like it's not, I'm not going to be taken advantage of for being a nice guy." For sure. Um, and and you even said like some of what you run into, especially as a, as a smaller brand, is, is people are always going to want to try to get free shit. They're always going to try to leverage getting free stuff out of you without really having to do anything in return, which obviously they couldn't do to a brand like, you know, Nike, eight man strong, you know, these big brands, which obviously are just going to ignore you, but they feel like if it's a smaller brand, then like maybe you're, you need the help. Like you're yeah. struggling. You need somebody yeah. to be wearing a tee. So, so a two part question. One, was it look like to navigate that appropriately you know, establishing the brand, establishing people who are genuinely, you know, sponsored and are part of the team while also developing that community without feeling like you're allowing them to kind of take advantage, but you're still developing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, I think when I first started, I was pretty open to like people, a lot of people reached out to me. They're like, you know, can, can I get a sponsorship? And I'm like thinking, I'm like, I can't like, I'm like, I can't afford to just send free stuff. Like I don't have, you know, I don't have that kind of money. It comes out of my pocket and I'm like, okay, I can't afford. So I, I started doing discounts where they get like really good discounts or whatever. Um, but I was just real with like, I was real with athletes or anyone, you know, I'm like, I really appreciate your interest in the brand, but I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I can't give you free stuff, man. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's not me lying to you. That's me just saying what it is. And most people, you know, would be like, oh, that's okay. You know, I'll take the, the discount and, and they would represent and, you know, they would wear, wear the stuff proudly. And then others would just be like, leave you on red. And I'd be like, whatever. I'm like, I don't care. And it's still every day. I still get a couple of messages. Hey, you know, like, I think it could really help promote your brand, blah, blah, blah. And I appreciate even people like reaching out, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, I don't really pay too much attention to it um mm -hmm. i kind of look at the message i don't even like read it i just delete it because it's like yeah you could help the brand but at the same time i'm not looking to just hand out a sponsor to every person the the guys i pick to sponsor are ones that i feel are going to represent the brand accordingly uh sure. i i don't hand out brands like i'm um, brands i don't hand out sponsorships right left and right, right. that's not what the brand is i want people that are decent people. So usually what ends up happening is I follow them back and I start to see a bit of like, I kind of wait and I go, okay, you know, they're not like posting like douchey shit every five seconds or saying like controversial <laughs> crap every five, right. five days. Uh, and then, you know, if, if I feel it's a right fit, I, I'll reach out. And uh, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of athletes that have, who have been with me from the beginning and I'm, super grateful for those guys and how you know they're they're very respectful they're they're great representations of what it means to be a primate and what the mentality is and then i've also had some guys that i've sponsored where i'm like oh fuck that was a bad idea <laughs> i shouldn't have said anything to that. yeah 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 
but you honestly it's like you live and learn like i'm not nobody's i'm not perfect at all like freaking far from perfect and when i first started this i thought maybe sponsoring people would be you know a great way to grow the brand and then i kind of as i got older and as the brand started to grow i was like maybe it's better to keep it you know more more private and give less sponsorships out and and just grow the community based off what i'm putting out you know lead sort of lead by example and just explain what you're looking for because people always ask me like what do you look for in a private athlete and i'm like i'm like for one you shouldn't be talking about crushing weak people i see those posts all the time and i see them by brands too that's where i get pissed off like i get it you're trying to act hard you know like crush the weak fucking obliterate obliterate anyone in your path it's like okay that's that's great but like I was a weak person at one point. I was very helpless. So it's like, what, where are we getting if we crush the weak all the time? Where are we getting with that? You know, and that's when I started to come up with the phrase, you know, protect the weak, make them strong. And then more and more people started to resonate with that. And I, I basically built the sponsor, the sponsorship off that just saying like, I'm looking for people that are respectful, that are looking to help other people that aren't, doing this out of like obviously yes you're gonna get a a discount you're gonna get free gear but like it's less about that and it's more about how you're representing the brand absolutely yeah yeah well and you know it's interesting you say that because there is a mindset i mean i i think even think like when i was in college um that that i i could see myself drifting into that you start lifting weights, you start doing something, you start doing well on a sport and succeeding. And and the immediate mindset is how can I profit off of this? Oh yeah. Sure. Instead of, wow, I'm actually getting a platform. How can I help other people establish a platform? And so it was that shift that I think, and everyone goes through the phase of, man, holy shit. Like I'm actually establishing something here. Like I'm awesome. And then realizing at some point, no, like I'm still really not like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a mentor who just, I mean, drilled it into me in my whole life and said, you know, a lot of stuff happened before you were born and a whole lot of stuff is going to happen after you die. I'm you know, that like people come onto this earth. And, and I think this is where social media is after our generation is I, I think of all these Instagram influencers who have these little blue check marks and a couple of million followers who are all 12 years old and have created fan accounts yeah. and they've convinced themselves. I mean, they're the greatest thing that's ever happened. They go move to LA and they go sign some weird deal doing something and they start coming out with brands and apparel yeah. and stickers and hats and what yep. da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, I don't think y'all realize no one gives a shit. Oh no, but like <laughs> everyone gives a shit apparently. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everyone gives a shit apparently though. It's like right. It's that's part partially why when I was 19, I remember just like like I was competing in like jujitsu at the time. I'd already been training jujitsu for probably uh I guess five years when I think of five and a half years at that point, maybe a, a little less. And I remember just looking i'm like uh, you know just scrolling through instagram just seeing like all these douchey freaking brands and thinking to myself how fake these people are you know like mm-hmm. everyone was raving about gymshark and i respect the business model and i respect the work ethic but fuck you gymshark the amount of guys that they have i just think the people that they have influencing their brand are so bad for the confidence of other people they can pretend all they want that they're trying to build your confidence up, but they don't give a fuck. And I knew that from the very beginning. Like you have girls just flexing their ass in front of other girls, guys just posing every five seconds. And I'm like, I'm like, how is this a brand that is creating a positive impact? There's literally zero positivity to this other than they make comfortable clothes. Right. Good for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> other than their leggings, you know, yeah. make my ass look great. Exactly. You know, other than, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's, I was like, man, I'm like, are there no brand? And other than the Ape Man, like, honestly, I remember seeing Ape Man. They were like, I, I kind of didn't even know about them until I had already started priming. Like, I'll be honest, I had no idea because I wasn't into the powerlifting community yet. I had power lifted with power lifters. 
because I was getting ready for fights or competitions. And that was part of my training. So I remember seeing some eight man stuff and being like, okay, you know, that's a kind of a cool brand, but I didn't know anything about it. But when I, you know, I kind of read their backstory and I was like, okay, I, I, you know, there are very few that I can respect because I think what they're actually trying to do for the most part is they're trying to be real and they're trying to uh, put out content that's actually positive for the most part. And when I started priming and I kind of came across paths with them, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, same, same kind of, not the same kind of design. Like we're both still very different. Um, a lot of differences, but I, I just thought, okay, it's good to know that there's at least one or two brands out there that are, are not putting out bullshit content all the time. Right. And, and when I started my brand, I think a lot of people liked that. I was so like that. I was so honest about that. Cause I said like, no man, this is not, this is not a brand where I'm going to look for people that are just fucking jacked with their mind can lift a thousand pounds I'm like, because it's great. Yeah, that's awesome that you can do that. But like, if you're a fucking asshole, I don't want you representing the brand. It, it does nothing for society or for the people in this community. I I want people that are going to have a positive impact, period. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, and I keep going back to this. We're just, we're increasingly just becoming not even a generation, but like a world population that has become so obsessed with self-growth, like self-movement, self-da-da-da-da-da. It's all very inward-focused. It's all, how can I make more money? How can I you know, get that ideal job? How can I da-da-da-da-da? Which isn't inherently bad. Obviously, we want to you know, continue to, to grow ourselves, and we don't, you know, don't want to ha- purposely have a shit life. But there's no outward focus. No one cares about what happens to, you know, if I say something inappropriate, I'm not yeah. thinking about how it's impacting someone else. Yeah. I'm just thinking about myself. So to have brands and, and it's, of course, for those listening, eight man is next week as well on the podcast. It's an interesting time. And you guys are back to back that to have brands like that, that are influencing, especially an industry that's so egocentric, you know, having, having guests who are just behemoths like Stan efforting, who's just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you look at the guy and you're like, this dude's a God walking among men, you know, like (laughs) I'm having like a a physique like that. And so it's so easy for people to go, Holy shit. Like how can I compete? Like how, how can I establish anything when you've got these behemoths like Stan efforting or Steve Johnson or Ian Daniel, you know? And so having brands that are saying, you know, eight man strength as many forms, find yours or yours, you know, uh, you know, there's this mindset of who gives a shit if you're the 1%, you're positively impacting people. You know, if you've got 11,000 followers on Instagram, you're having people potentially 11,000 or more that are seeing it. that are going, wow, like this is refreshing. Like this is a breath of fresh air. You know, even if you have 200 followers on Instagram, that's 200 people that are like, Oh, they're, they're watching whether people realize it or not, they're watching. Yeah. And so I think that is so important of, of finding people who are outward focused. They're not just inwardly, trying to push their own brand and just achieve greatness by themselves. But instead of trying to push other people ahead of them, even so that the industry actually lasts, you know, long-term they don't just burn themselves out. Oh no. And I, I totally agree. I just think the industry has just become so diluted with so much like BS. Like, man, I think every day I, I see a new brand pop up and I'm like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck is this? I'm just looking at I'm like, this is just another money grabber. Like this is so dumb. I'm like, why, why? Like, if you're going to, I have no problem with you starting a brand. I totally, like, I'm totally on board with starting a brand, but have something, like, some kind of meaning behind it or some, like, people just put, like, a letter on a shirt and they're like, this is, like, the most luxurious brand ever. And you're like, what? It's just they're, a, it's a B, just yeah, a big like, B. And they're yeah, like, this exactly. is great. <laughs> you're like, that's awesome. It's six, it's six, 60 bucks for a hoodie. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Gucci. Oh, sick. Yeah. I've spent $500 to get a t-shirt. Like, yeah, exactly. You know. And I'm like, I don't like, man, I don't wear any of that shit anyway. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't care. People, it's like, people look at me all the time. They're like, you own a brand. I'm like in track pants and a snapback like, all day <laughs> and a hoodie. I look like I freaking just either woke up or just got out of the gym. Yeah. And that's like, I don't care how I'm supposed to look for other people. I don't care how I talk to other people. Like, Obviously, I'm going to be polite to other people, but I I don't care if people are like, well, you know, like I don't 
agree with your opinion. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's okay. You're allowed to, you're allowed okay. to have another opinion. <laughs> it's okay and, to disagree with me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but that's what, that's, that's what I find. It's like, and there's so many like influencers too, where they're like, it's my opinion. And it's, you know, it's, it's what I say that matters. And it's like, and that's why when people are like, they post shit and they're like, pay attention to me, you know, like follow me, like everything. I am the be all and end all. I'm like, no, you're fucking not. You're literally not. If you got hit by a car tomorrow or your Instagram was deleted instantly, you would literally just be another speck on what is so much crap thrown around on that platform. Like, it's ridiculous. That's why I'm like, I don't, like Primate is, I love what I do. That's that's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing this for freaking money. I'm not doing this for fame. I don't care. I do it because I like to do it. And I'm hoping that some good's going to actually come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Well, so kind of moving on to a different topic here, you know, you've established a brand, you know, you've, you've come from, you know, we say we've come from a dark past or moving forward to a bright future. You know, right now the brand is growing, you know, you're coming out with content, people are engaging. Um, you know, obviously COVID kind of threw a wrench into a lot of businesses in, in even just, I think, staying afloat. So being able to keep doing that is saying something because I know a lot of people had to, had to close their doors or shut down production. So moving forward, as hopefully all this COVID stuff starts to die down somewhat soon, I hope. I've said that every episode for the last six months. Yeah. So we're we're going to hope. I think uh, we're in it for a while, but I, I know. We're, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that, hey, maybe it's over now, but you know, well, one of these days I'll be right. One of these days yeah. I'll predict right. Hopefully. But um, for the brand now, and as you kind of look ahead, you know, what what is next? What are you hoping? you know, to come out of it? Are there any future ideas, expansion plans, new products, anything you can let people in on? Um, right now. So recently I switched, what was it? March, March, I switched to a new supplier. Uh, basically we moved everything to a warehouse in California. Mm-hmm. Um, California. I was just able to get like things were able to ship out quicker from where, from this, uh, from my new supplier. I was able to have a bet, like a better staff, um guys in the warehouse were able to you know it was just everything was just going to move smoother and when covid kind of hit it kind of obviously uh when you order something right now usps is a little slow so i can't control that i get that question all the time you know when's it going to be here and i'm like i'm like man i don't like i wish i could tell you but i'll talk to the guys in the warehouse get the tracking but i have no idea because covid is just a clusterfuck of like I have, I I don't know right now. I can't give you anything, and people are like, okay, that's fair. But I'm like, but I'm like, honestly, I think this fall or fall December, people are gonna see. I'm gonna I'm gonna put out some new some new stuff. So I wanna I wanna try like windbreakers will be one thing. Nice. I nice. want to do windbreakers with like embroidered backing or even vinyl. Um, but I do want to do windbreakers those are something i've been trying to put up for a while it's more the new products are great i'm just trying to keep things consistent and the thing is Mm -hmm. i don't want to put out so much like if i wanted to i could have shorts joggers uh windbreakers like i could have anything i want out there but i'm like i don't want to just have so much crap on this website that it's like i want things to be done properly and i want the the designs to be you know well thought out like usually mm-hmm. there's some designs that honestly they, you know, we're sitting there and it's like, okay, that it just kind of pops up. But, um, most of the time it takes about a month to get everything set and ready. And, you know, you finalize and you're like, okay, what, you know, what logo looks good on what shirt, what kind of stylish shirt should we offer these colors? And I think in terms of expansion, I'm, I'm slowly seeing more and more of a demand from the powerlifting community, the powerlifting community has been amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I think they've kind of taken the brand to that next phase. Like, everyone from this, the powerlifting community has been so supportive, especially through COVID. And I'm like so grateful because I was like, when COVID first struck, I was like, holy shit! I'm like, I don't think anyone's gonna have money to spend on anything because one, they closed. Like when they closed everything down, and the thing is, like I live in Canada, so it's different here. Like our rules are so strict right now. We're planning on going back into a second lockdown. Businesses are going under. Um, 
and we don't even have as many cases as you guys. So it's like, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, well, at least most of our, you know, customers are in the United States, which I'm happy about. Um, I also like the United States as a market in general, because you guys are a little less conserv- conservative in terms of Canadians are very conservative, won't wear things that are as aggressive of, as what I'm putting out. You don't see too many right. people in Canada wearing take no shit shirts. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Canadians are supposed to be nice. And I guess we're, we're just really trying to stick to that. I wish they wouldn't so much, but, <laughs> but yeah. that's the reality I'm dealt with. But yeah, the, I honestly, when, I, when the brand started to grow, the United States took to it really well. And I was like, okay, well, I think I should put most of my efforts here. And the community is gigantic in the U.S. And as much as I love Canada, I'm super grateful for where most of my customers have you know, helped to, to build the brand and bring it where it is. But in terms of expansion, honestly, right now, it's just, it's so up in the air. Like I, yeah, I, want, sure. to ha- I want to have a direction for, for a primate um but with covid i'm just i'm you know things are so busy um and you're we're we're at less staff now because of restrictions on how many people you can have in a warehouse or all that crap um which i like i totally understand why we're doing it It just sucks because it's like okay now you have a hundred orders that need to go out and you only have x amount of people to fill them so it just makes your it just makes things move a little slower um, but in terms of expansion, honestly, I just want to put out more products that appeal to powerlifting, more powerlifting guys, um, more powerlifting women as well, because mm-hmm. in the past year, since I started putting out cropped gear, my freaking girlfriend had been telling me forever. She's like, you need to put a cropped apparel. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Put out a cropped hoodie sold out in like two days. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I was like, no, I gotta do this shit more often. I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not a feminine guy. I don't know anything about women's apparel. Uh, you mean you don't wear crop tops to go no, work out on a regular I, I basis? Do. Some, I do sometimes. Yeah, like the old night, the old '80s uh, athletes, the football players with the cropped uh, football jerseys. Yeah, I wear right. those. <laughs> Rock goes oh. to the gym. But oh, yeah, man. no, I think honestly, I think in a year the brand is gonna be at the point where. I can hopefully start taking I want to do booths in the US. That's that's a big goal of mine. The problem is I'm I'm so far from everything that it's hard for me to travel back and forth, especially I own multiple other businesses, so this is just like it's this is a big one, but my focus is on other things too. So it's hard for, for me sure. to divide my focus as much as I already am. But I would love to start making appearances at expos like the Arnold's. You see like all these other big brands at the Arnold's. And I want to actually start meeting people because nobody knows who I am. I'm always like, I'm right. always hidden, which I like. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I want to, you know, make a point to to reach out and say thank you to people in person. And that's that's where I want to go with this. I want to start making the brand a little more personal and and then slowly implement more products that we, you know, that are, I've been requested. But right now, honestly, COVID, like I've been telling people this who ask me all the time, when are you coming out with this? I'm like, it's just a matter of timing right now. And that's, that's all it is. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a game that everyone's having to play right now because there is just so much, there's so much unknown of, when is this going to end? Is it going to end? When's the vaccine going to come out? When are stuff going to be reopened? When don't we have to wear masks? You know, there's just so much no one has any idea of. And honestly, the doctors don't have any idea. Well, I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, there's a... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to start. We're going to avoid that. Um, yeah. Well, shifting topics very rapidly. Um, you know, on the back end of all these interviews... I love asking these two questions, you know, the one on faith and the one on, uh, on breakfast food, you know, the French toast, uh, questions. So kind of on the front end, you know, faith, you know, something I've found has just really made this podcast work has been this idea of re- ripping back the veil, you know, for a lot of people, as I've said, you know, even with like Stan efforting being that last episode, it's almost like these people are unapproachable, you know, at the Arnold, especially you see these people in the animal cage or up on the platform doing strongman events. And you're like, man, these people are untouchable. They're gods. Like, I don't, 
can I even be in the same room as them? And it's like, yes, like they're just people that have happened to excel at something. And so what's nice about the fitness industry and the fighting industry is a lot of the people are more approachable. Um, You know, people ask me, they'll DM me, Hey, how, how the hell did you get so-and-so on the podcast? And I'm like, well, honestly, I just DM'd them and said, hey, do you want to talk about yourself for an hour? <laughs> and most people are not going to turn that down. No. But uh, I use the example of like I messaged, I DM'd Drake. And I knew Drake wasn't going to respond. He's not going to read that. So it's like there's certain industries where people are are untouchable. And oh, I will say sure. Drake did not respond. I wanted him to, but he didn't. Um, but you know, with an industry like this, a lot of people are significantly more uh, accessible. And so what I'm trying to do with the podcast, at least, is break down that barrier and that wall so that your quote unquote average Joe can feel comfortable approaching a Stan Efferding or a Steffi Cohen or an Ed Cohen without feeling like they're they're approaching, you know, royalty and they need to yeah. like bow down and like apologize for making eye contact. So what I what I found has been really good has been this faith question because at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all trying to figure out what the hell ha- like how we're here, how we're on earth, what happens when we die, and everyone's got a different perspective. And so I love asking this question, uh, and there's absolutely no expectation behind the question at all. Um, but what role, if any, has your own personal faith or religious views, spirituality, whatever, played into one, your training, and two, even the, the methodology behind creating the primate brand itself? Uh, well, my mom's an Italian immigrant. Um, so a natural was born and raised Roman Catholic baptized, mm-hmm. uh, went to church on Sundays, but to be honest, like, I'll be honest, I'm not a very religious person. Like I yeah. respect it and I was raised to respect other religions as well. Um, but my mom, honestly, and my, my dad, they play a huge part in influencing me. They just raised me, you know, to be a good person and that's it. Just respect others. Um, and at the same time, if someone tries to, you know, cut in front of you, you know, don't be afraid to speak out. And I think I, it's less of a, re- a religion. It's more just of how I've been raised um, that, you know, kind of led to the development of all of, well, years and years of one primate being created. But it's just, it's like layers and layers of things being added to the pile, right? And just mm-hmm. learning new experiences, dealing with new problems and challenges, and instead of just running away from them, you know, taking them head on and and kind of figuring things out as I go. Like it's like my mom when she when her parents first came here, same thing. You know, they didn't really have much. Um, they didn't speak English. My mom kind of had to learn how to take things head on, as in doing their taxes, you know, doing the accounting for them. And she's like 10 years old. So it's like, when I think about that, I'm like, okay, I come from a family that kind of just gets after it. Yeah. And that's, and my dad's the same. It's like, you know, don't just beat around the bush, just freaking just do it. And I've always had that mindset with primate, with sports. My coach used to be like, Hey, do you want to, you know, take this fight? Uh, whatever you got two weeks to get ready i'd be like yeah sure <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's do it like it's just like no i don't really like obviously there's fears but i don't fear of failing in that sense like i just i've been raised to just do just do yeah. like just go up just go see what happens and it's the same people are always like oh you know you could fail I'm like it's great you could yes you could fail in anything you could also die but like just just try, like, just try it, man. And I, I tell that to a lot of people. People always ask me about apparel brand. And they're like, should I start an apparel brand? I'm like, yeah, man, do it. But I'm like, what's your mentality? I'm like, do you have a game plan? I'm like, no. I'm like, well, get one of those, make a solid game <laughs> plan, and then right. do it. And I think, yeah, honestly, just my parents have been such such influential people. I mean, I'm, I'm very close with my dad. My dad was probably the one person I spent, like, my entire time childhood with because he was bringing me to sports all the time he was the one you know when i'm I'm being bullied he's the one talking to me telling me you know it's gonna be good we just gotta <laughs> put you in boxing a little bit and, and uh from there i you know i looked up to, i've looked up to my dad and you know, i've kind of trusted his word when he said when 
said, we'll put you in boxing and things will be good. <laughs> Soon enough, I learned how to box and my problems kind of went away. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say bullying completely went away at that age, but my dad had a certainly lot of- helped. No, it definitely helped. And I was like, okay, my dad's not, you know, like he's not crazy. You know, most people would be like, your dad's a psychopath. You know, violence is never the answer, but it's like, he's not stupid. He knew you're going to go to the principal and the kids are just going to hurt my kid more. Instead, he's, you know, he's trying to teach me like valuable life lessons where one, I think MMA and jujitsu probably humbled me the most out of anything. There's nothing quite like being 16 and having a 27 year old man absolutely crush your soul at your first jujitsu practice or (laughs) like, I just, I can't, I can't imagine there being anything else like that experience, but yeah, like my faith is like, it's just experiences. That's the only way I can put it. I don't, I don't look to anything like any religion. I don't look to any, I, I have influences, but at the same time, it's more, I kind of just like rely on past experiences and I keep it at that for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. So last question and my personal favorite to ask people is this breakfast question. I'm a big breakfast foodie. Uh, the running joke in my fellows group out here in Salt Lake is the fact that I'll put away like eight to 10 eggs, you know, each morning as I'm like getting ready to go to work. And they're like, man, how long does that last you? I'm like, uh, until I get to work and I eat something else. You know, that, now obviously <laughs> I'm the anomaly in how much I eat on a daily basis, but I'm a big breakfast guy. I'm all for it. I think it's, I mean, I could have it any time of day, any day of the year and be hype about it. So my question for you is what breakfast food holds the crown, the absolute Mecca for you as just the go-to for the rest of your life? Honestly? Oh my God. Fuck. Probably waffles. I got to be honest. Like freshly made waffles since mm-hmm. I was like a kid. I don't know why. And like, I don't know. Is maple syrup big in the United States? I'm not. Oh yeah. About, okay. Oh, well, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't grow out of all of our trees, you know, that yours do you yeah. just tap in. <laughs> but like we literally, we like literally we have like maple syrup, um, like factories near where I live and like fresh maple syrup as a kid on like freshly made waffles is like the best thing ever i and i don't even put anything else on like some people like to put fruit on their waffles uh chocolate but i like literally keep it so plain but i just love waffles i don't know why i could eat for breakfast i could have like seven and be like still hungry for more and it's terrible for you and i know that but it's it's worth it (laughs) yeah yeah it's you know it's about the experience you know experience is positive enough that it doesn't matter if it's killing yeah food is an experience until you eat too much of it and then you're until yeah, so you have a heart attack and yeah, die exactly. at 35 yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. that's why i always have to preface i'm like hey like it doesn't matter the nutritional content like it's yeah. got to be the favorite one so that's exactly. good exactly that's good that's why oh. i was scared of that question i was like uh people are gonna probably think i'm just like this unhealthy fucker that no when i say i i mean i've gotten every answer in the book over the last four seasons you know garrett fear said he just wants to put an entire thing of cream cheese on top of a burrito and eat it so like so gross so you're doing okay (laughs) that's that's disgusting why so uh, who knows who knows i don't i don't ask questions i didn't want the answers i was like i'm not gonna ask i'm just like cool man i just always say i'm like hey great answer (laughs) cool man throws up in a bucket beside him yeah, cool, man. I'm going to edit this out of the episode so my viewers don't stop subscribing to the podcast because of this. You know, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's so man. That is a good question, though. I gotta say, that's a good question. Yeah, it, it keeps people on their toes. Uh, well, so last thing I got for you, this is your opportunity to totally just pitch the brand. Um, tell people, you know, what to expect. Anything going on on the site? Top things you're trying to sell right now. What people can expect, you know, to go get some products. Uh, yeah. So. Probably I'm. It's not definite yet, but probably mid December. Mm, I'm gonna say December 11th. Okay. Probably gonna get in shit from some people at the warehouse for that, but that's okay. <laughs> 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 we weren't ready by December yeah, 12th. We're not, we're not ready 11th? for that. But I gotta say the 11th. Uh, we'll have some new some new designs out. Hopefully some new products. Um, and then yeah, that's honestly for right now. Christmas is you know coming up, and that like as much as it's still not that close, but it's coming up. So that's, that's usually our big time when that's the the big release. Um, yeah, we're just working on that. So you can expect some new products. 
Nothing really else is going to be changing for the time being. I'm hoping that we can, you know, restock some some new snapbacks and stuff like that. Our flags, the one thing about, I know a lot of people have been ordering flags and it's hard to get right now. I don't know why we're just having a tough time getting flags. So please, for the love of God, be patient with us. Because <laughs> I get people messaging me all the time and I get like these sub kind of aggressive passive aggressive uh where the hell's my flag and i'm like i'm like man i'm sorry we're waiting on new shipment so just please for the love of god be patient that's all i ask for everyone um but yeah that's honestly that's it i would say de- december 11th be ready for that drop and then uh the next one would probably be spring but that's what we got in the work so expect some cool products and uh some new uh some new logos that's hype. Well, folks, this has just been a great conversation with Jordan uh, over at Primate Apparel. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, Primate Apparel. And of course, head over to their website to get some products. As I've said, uh, you can use our code Faith and Fitness to get a nice discount on that. Uh, if you love this episode, you're craving a little bit more from me, you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify at Faith Fitness and French Toast, or visit us on Instagram at Faith Fitness Podcast for full interviews, trailers, and more for the rest of season four. With that, folks, that's all we got for you. We'll see you next week with Eight Man Strong. Well, folks, as you heard just there, this is a great conversation with Jordan at Primate Apparel. You can find him on Instagram at Primate Apparel. And if you love that episode and you're craving a little bit more from me, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify at Faith Fitness and French Toast. Or visit us on Instagram at Faith Fitness Podcast for full interviews, trailers, and more for the rest of season four. We've got three episodes left for this season, an upcoming episode with Eight Man Strong. The week after, I'll be chatting with Kaylee Borges, and we have a special guest lined up for the season finale that I will keep a secret for now. But don't forget to turn on those post notifications on Instagram and stay connected on your platform of choice to be the first to hear about those guest announcements and probably a couple early episode releases. With that, I'm Moses Allwood. Thanks as always for listening. I'll see you next week.